Thank you, Val. And thank you, children. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hearing God's word. But then I guess we need to give credit to the Holy Spirit for that, don't we? So we give thanks to the Holy Spirit who's opening your ears to hear that Jesus has come for you. And so now I say to you, let anyone with ears listen. This word of God is first the proclamation that you have not fulfilled the requirement of the law. You have not fulfilled it. You have not loved your neighbor as yourself or God. This is true. I suspect most of you know this in your conscience already. But I want you to hear something in addition to this. This is God's word, but the word doesn't stop there. It also accomplishes something else. That which it is also set out to do. And so Christ now comes to take away not only the sins of the whole world, but to take away your sins in particular. This is his work for you. And not just some of them, but all of them. He comes now as the rain and the snow come down from heaven to make you perfect in his forgiveness. So now, sisters and brothers in Christ, you hears of the word grace and peace from God our Father and his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. May this grace and peace be yours, and it is yours, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know it's been dry here. We've talked about this before. I've been gone this last week, but I came home and saw my rain gauge was filled up to an inch. So God's word comes as the rain comes, sometimes when we least expect it. But here it comes for you. We've had a long stretch of Sundays now in Pentecost and a long stretch of gospel readings that will continue from Matthew. Last week you heard how Jesus was glad that the rich truth of the gospel was hidden from the wise and the intelligent, but given to infants. Now imagine that, that God is hiding the gospel from some and revealing it to others. And he, he chooses to reveal not because you are wise and smart, but because he makes you simple and full of faith. So because of this, you infants of God, you will rest in him alone, not caught up in the complications of the wise, but knowing only Christ and his death and his resurrection. This week, Jesus shares the parable of the sower. And once again, we hear how God is choosing to make faith, not for those who have prepared themselves. And let me tell you that this is a great temptation for those of us who believe that we can prepare ourselves for the gospel. But no, instead, Christ comes to those who have been prepared by God, that is, chosen by the Holy Spirit, ears opened. And I have to say this may sound a bit scandalous to you, that God would choose some and not others. But isn't the cross a scandal? And now I'm here to tell you it was done for your sake. I also want you to hear something that in between the parable and its explanation in Matthew 13, Jesus explains to the disciples the purpose of parables. And it's not what we expect. Our lectionary skips those verses, so I didn't read them to you, but I want you to hear that Jesus teaches the disciples that parables are given not to make things more clear, but to make them less clear. So with that resounding recommendation of a parable, let us jump into it. So Jesus has been healing and teaching and preaching all around the Sea of Galilee, and by now, wherever he goes, there is a crowd that follows him. On this particular day in Matthew, 
Such a great crowd surrounded him that while he was preaching on the beach, they became too large, and he had to get into a boat and go out from the shore and teach from a distance so they could all hear him. Now, this sounds like a great beginning to me. Any chance to get in a boat sounds like a good day. But now that Jesus has the crowd gathered, what Jesus teaches is astounding. He says that the word of God goes out like a sower sowing seeds. Yet this sower is not careful about where the seed goes. It seems to go all over the place. Now, one of the great hallmarks of middle-class America is our preoccupation with grass and how to keep it green. We spend a lot of time and energy about this, don't we? Our, our house and lawn in Rochester was surrounded by great trees and lots of shade. This was uh, nice in the summer, but it was sometimes difficult to grow grass in the shade. And so I was always overseeding our lawn so that our kids could play in nice turf. And so that when my friends and family came over, they could say, wow, you have such a nice lawn. Not that it was ever that nice or that I ever really heard that, uh, but I imagined it anyway. And so I overseeded and I fertilized. And I'll tell you that when I seeded, I chose good seed. I researched what seed, what kind of grass would grow in the shade, what would grow in partial sun and not need too much water, what would withhold the play and uh, abuse of kids running around. So I chose a tall fescue. And I'll tell you something else. I did not waste this seed on the sidewalk. I did not throw it into the flower garden. When I put the seed down, I tried to rake it into the yard so it had good contact with the soil so that birds could not find it so easily. I was careful. But here in this parable, Jesus says there is no such care taken. The seed is cast on rocky ground. It is cast on the sidewalk, on the path. It is cast amongst plants that would choke it out. And it also, almost seemingly by chance, also goes on good soil. This is how God puts his word out there, Jesus says, not like a frugal grass farmer, but all over the place. And some of the seed takes root and some of it does not. Yet the seed that takes root yields 30 to 60 to 100 fold. And then Jesus says, let anyone with ears listen. Let anyone with ears listen. Now, if you were in the crowd that day, and maybe even this morning, you might be scratching your heads a little bit about this one. The people who heard this originally were scratching their heads too. And Jesus does give an explanation to this parable, but not to everyone. He says that when the word of God goes out, it goes out to many people, but the evil one is trying to snatch it away. And this is what happens to the seed that lands on the path. It is easily snatched away. And so some hear it with joy initially, yet endure only for a while because they don't have roots that grow down and it gets dry. And when trouble and persecution come on account of Jesus, they fall away. This is the seed that falls on rocky soil. Then the seed goes for some to hear it. And then they get caught up in the cares of the world and wealth. This is the seed that is sown among the weeds. We hear more about weeds next week. But those cares overtake 
the word itself. And then there is the good soil. In the good soil, God's word is protected. It gets moisture and nutrients. It takes root and grows in faith, and it yields great fruit. So Jesus says, this is how the word goes out. And remember that the parables are told to make things less clear, not more, outside of faith. And in them there is a great temptation to begin to believe that they are telling us what to do. But they are really depicting how faith comes. That is how the kingdom of God comes. That is how you are chosen. It is also tempting to begin to ask this question, what kind of soil am I? To wonder, am I good soil? Or am I rocky soil? Or you might begin to wonder, what kind of soil are the people around me? These are temptations that we get if we begin to remember that we also feel a bit rocky some days, that we too get caught up with the cares of the world and wealth, well, then it's tempting to wonder, how can I become good soil? And I could stand here as your preacher and begin to give you advice as to how to live better lives, how to be better soil, or how to become a fruit inspector and begin to ask if your fruit is good enough. There are all sorts of temptations in this parable. But I say to you, it is too late for this. You are not good soil on your own. You do not yield good fruit on your own. You maybe suspected this. There was maybe part of you that thought, I'm not sure, uh, it's all up to snuff. But God's word does not end here. For now Christ comes to you who have ears to hear, and he makes you good soil. He plants his seed right into your life, and it grows by the grace of God. And you are fruitful not by your works, but by faith that God has planted. In Isaiah 55, we hear this beautiful promise that like the snow and the rain coming down from heaven, they do not return until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And Isaiah says, So shall God's word that goes out from his mouth not return to him empty, but shall accomplish that which God purposes it and succeed for the thing for which it was sent. Now, when we think of snow and rain, this just seems obvious. It falls. There is gravity. It has to go to the earth. It has to water the earth. How could it be any different? Yet we do not have such trust for God's word. But Isaiah is telling us this is how God's word works. When it goes out now, it falls on you, and it does its work. It can do no other. This is a great promise for us. As we said in Psalm 65, we confessed together. Our sins are stronger than we are, but you, God, blot out our transgressions. Happy are they whom you choose and draw to your courts to dwell there. They will be satisfied by the beauty of your house, by the holiness of your temple. God's word is going out to choose you, to redeem you, to forgive you, and to make you perfect in Christ. And if you forgot about that, if you forgot about how God has chosen you in your baptism, well, he is choosing you now as this word, this seed is being dropped right into you, his soil. And what is the result of this? Well, Paul says it clearly. He says, after laying out how we are all under the law, 
he shares this kernel of good news. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for you in Christ. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You are set free. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this seed has been sown. And he is choosing you to be his own. Once and for all, you were baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. And when you forget this, when you seem to be choked out by the worries of this world, by the worries of wealth, whether we have enough or not, well, then you come back here and receive this seed again as God's word is preached for you. And now today, the seed of Christ, God's word made flesh, will be sown to you another time. You will receive the body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper. This seed will be given right to you to eat and to drink. This is Christ himself given and shed for you, planted in you for the forgiveness of your sins. You might think it's a bit reckless to spread this seed so many times in so many places without a guarantee of what will happen, at least not a guarantee in your own eyes. But this is how the sower sows. Christ has planted himself in you. And God's word will not come back empty. Amen.